What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the 4th and a Mile pod alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, so, Brady, what do we got for the Notables this week? We got a packed NFL Notables, and I think we're going to find this to be a common theme um, early stages in the season. So uh, let's get right into it. So we're going to start today with um, a group that's called Running Back News. Basically, every running back in the league wanted to do something since we recorded <laughs> last week, it seemed like. Um, so let's get started right away. Um, and we're going to break this up and go into, in, into depth with this um, a little bit with some of these uh, topics, because there are some big topics. So um, right away, we have Leonard Fournette, uh, the number four overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, was released earlier this week. Um, so the question that I have for you guys to start with this is, um, where do you see a landing spot for Leonard Fournette? And then from a fantasy perspective, are there any guys in Jacksonville worth snagging late in the draft or in free agency? Josh, let's start with you. It hurts because I drafted David Johnson literally just this past week, but it makes sense for that him to go to Chicago. They, I don't think they have much confidence in David Tariq Johnson Cohen. or David Montgomery. Did I, what, did I say David Johnson? You said David yeah. Johnson. <laughs> that is tough. David I was like, did, did David Johnson get traded to Chicago? <laughs> I was pretty rattled there for a second. <laughs> David Montgomery, I apologize. So, um, yeah, they. I don't think they have much confidence in Tariq Cohen and hopefully Montgomery's injury isn't lagging or, you know, lingering into the middle of the season. But I think that Chicago, I think is actually the odds on favorite to get him. So that is where I think he would end up. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Jeremy, the question for you is there's three running backs right now that are headlining Jacksonville's uh, backfield. So Raquel Armstead, Chris Thompson, and Devine Azigbo. I don't know if I pronounced his last name correctly, um, but are any of those guys worth, uh, picking up late in drafts or in free agency? As far as the pronunciation goes, that fits the bill for our show, so I think it's all right. <laughs> it's on brand. <laughs> um, between those three, I think the one that gets the most hype or has gotten the most hype out of camp has been Armstead, and I think that's just because he was kind of number two in the pecking order last year. Uh, the one that I tend to kind of lean towards, especially if you're in a .5 PPR or a full PPR, is Chris, Chris Thompson, because I think he's going to be the one that isn't necessarily in line in everyone's vision when they're going to the waiver wire. I think they're going to lean Armstead right away. So Chris Thompson, you can probably get the cheapest. And I think him linking back up with Gruden in that offense, that again, this is hype. It could be smoke, but apparently he's looked really good in camp. Um, and he's been good in the league when he's healthy. So that could be somebody that I think could probably give you the most value. Their offense is is going to be throwing a lot. Their defense is bad. They're going to be in a ton of negative game scripts. So that's where I see the most value because the other ones are just very much of dart throws. Bradley, who are you taking here? One of those three guys. Well, Jeremy hit the nail on the head with saying that Thompson links back up with Jay Gruden. I do think that makes a difference. Um, when you're making play calls, it's always nice to know what a player can do when you have past experiences with them. I don't buy much into the, oh, he looks good at camp because everybody looks good at camp. Um, I really haven't seen many. I mean, Gronk looks five years like he was five years ago when I saw a video and he looks slower than molasses. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how much you read into that stuff, but Chris Thompson's the guy I would like to target, especially in full PPR leagues. Yeah, most definitely. So let's move on to another running back news. Uh, this is good news for the running back market. So Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, signed a four-year contract extension that's worth $48 million. So about $12 million a year. Um, I feel like that's starting to be the market for a good running back. Um, 
anything to add on this? Do you think it was too high? Do you think it was too low? My opinion is if you get, if you're a running back and you sign a four-year contract extension, that's a win for the running back. So um, Bradley, what do you feel about this contract? Do you, do you like it? Do you hate it? I, I love it for Joe Mixon. Um, I love it for drafting people who draft Joe Mixon. I was his last couple days when he was out with migraines, I was definitely hesitant to draft Joe Mixon. So this kind of solidifies that he's going to be there for a while. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I don't really like that number because yep. Elvin Cook is probably going to get more than four for 48 if he wants a deal to get done. Um, so I don't like that as a Vikings fan, but from a fantasy perspective, it's nice to have that at security there. And they also have the luxury of paying a rookie quarterback too. So they have the, the, the cap space or like they aren't putting a lot of money into uh, their quarterback position, but let's, let's move on. Cause this one I think is going to take a lot to unfold. So uh, the next running back that we're talking about is Elvin Kamara. Um, we're recording on Tuesday and bombs were thrown all over the place today. Um, the first rumor came out that uh, the saints were open to trading him because he wasn't, he wasn't practicing and they, we don't know if it was injury or um, contract uh, related. Um, and then about an hour later, I believe it was Ian Rappaport came out and said he spoke to Kamara and the agent and said he came out. He's not holding out. He's, he's planning on being there. So after that, then another rumor came out that said New Orleans wants a first round pick if they're trading Kamara. So I don't I don't know what that means. They're probably not going to get a first round pick. And so the last thing that we got and it might change before we're done recording this podcast. We'll see. Um, but the last notification was that he's expected to show up to practice on Wednesday. So when you guys are listening to this podcast, he's going to show up. There's a lot to unfold here. Jeremy, what do you think? Like, I know a lot of us are really high on Kamara. What does this do for you? And, and don't go into too much detail on where he go, is in your rankings because um, in, in the episode, we have a little question on Elvin Kamara from one of our followers. So just, just talk a little bit about what transpired in the rumors and, and which one you think is true and how significant it is. Yeah, it seemed kind of random because it just kind of seemed like they all kept kind of coming out of left field. Um, we didn't even really hear about it until day three of him not being at practice. Um, and there's another one too. Most recent one came out about an hour ago uh, linked to the one him showing up tomorrow is that he missed originally for an epidural shot in his back. So that was never even mentioned beforehand. And I think to be honest, a lot of it just kind of people were grasping at straws and it goes kind of like the, the telephone game. It goes from one year to the next and it just kind of construed. So ultimately I think he's going to be at camp and I think he's going to play. Um, and I, it's hard to, to take a, you know, a, a question mark in the first round, but I think he still is a first rounder. I mean, it's Kamara. We all love him. Josh, what do you think about this one? I just think it's crazy that the details said that he's missed three practices in a row. How is that not like communicated widely that he missed the first two? We, I feel like we all found out on the third day. I mean, cre credit to New Orleans for keeping that a secret. Right? Oh they yeah, I don't want that smoke going around the league. Absolutely. I feel like to be fair, I mean, Daniel Hunter's been out for what ten straight days of practice. And I think I it was like even more. Yeah, it might be even more than that. I feel like the whole league doesn't know about it, besides like people inside of Minnesota type thing. So, uh, I feel and that's like what, that's fair. That's what makes me lean that it. They knew all along it wasn't anything huge, but then the trade thing just seems really random. Like, where did that come from? And that's why I thought it was just like a, a bomb. So we'll get into this a little bit later. One of our questions from our, our fans is uh, re related to this. So let's, let's move on. Uh, we kind of talked about this one a little bit earlier. David Montgomery got hurt late last week. So after we recorded, we found out that 
Uh, David Montgomery had a groin injury and, and is really in jeopardy of missing week one. He's doubtful for week one. If he's there, he's not going to be a full full go because he, I mean, he hasn't had any uh, practice. So, uh, Josh, I know you talked about it a little bit. So he's on your team. Um, are you looking to get someone else? Is, where does he slide on your rankings type thing? Yeah, this is just kind of a reason to also, if you are deciding between two different positions in a league that, you know, isn't three receivers, like you're going to have the opportunity to play a lot of different running backs, lean running back, because this happens a lot for running backs and in depth is crazy important. So as far as David Montgomery specifically goes, I, if he's questionable that first week, you know, you'd rather wait a little bit longer and be able to have him hundred percent in like a week two or week three versus just re-aggravating in week one. And that's where I'd kind of concede to, Bradley, our eight, you know, resident AT on, you know, groin injuries and kind of the timetable for that. And what do you think about, you know, that process? And what do you think about him being able to get back in time? Help us out, Doc. <laughs> I mean, every scenario is different. It would be interesting to know, like, what grade they gave it to him. Um, but they're going to take it slow. He's second year in the league. So I, I just can say they're going to take it slow because – you really don't know, and then it's one cut away from, oh, it's fully torn, and then you're done for the season and maybe done for your career. So they're going to take it slow with David Montgomery. So you think that'll be on, like, the higher end, then, like, a four-week type thing? Yeah, I mean, what's the difference between him? Like, I mean, if he misses week one, their season's not over if they lose week one, right? So if there's any doubt of him not being 90 95%, I think they're going to they're gonna take the cautious approach, especially if they, they go snag uh, – Devontae Freeman and free agency or something along those lines. There's no need to hurry him back. In your guys' drafts as a fantasy owner, are you staying away from Dave Montgomery? I feel like he's fallen on board. So, I mean, I'm not going to take him in the, the fifth, sixth round. I'll, I'll take him late, a little bit later. I'm um, nervous. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a, I'll take a Raheem Ostert over him. He's, he's about- not – so, before we – Prior episodes, we were all like, yes, go get David Montgomery because he's the only guy there. He's going to be that workhorse. He's going to get 17 to 20 to 25 carries a game. Well, if, if he's not staying healthy in camp, like, is he really ready for that 25-carry workload a game? Like, that makes me hesitant. And if David Montgomery's getting 15 carries, I'm not liking him as much as I like people uh, in his same category, in his same tier. I would take Mostert's 15 carries over David Montgomery's 15 yeah, carries. Yeah, you got a better offensive line. I agree. How about uh, – have you guys bought bought any stock into Tariq Cohen? He's, he's separated by 15 spots in terms of just running backs in .5 PPR scoring. That gap in average draft position, I would much rather take Tariq Cohen at his price tag than, than David Montgomery with a question mark. Probably, but I, I'm kind of shying away from both of them. Yeah. It's fair. In a full PPR league, I'm more enticed to get Tariq Cohn. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree. He would be a very good PPR running back. But let's, let's move on. I'm going to go through these three really quick because we have one that's going to sum up uh, the, running back, the, the running back room, and then uh, uh, we'll move on to some miscellaneous ones. So the first one is uh, Chris Carson self-declared that he's 100% ready to go. So the running back for the Seahawks says he's ready to go for the season. Um, J.K. Dobbins will reportedly have a significant role, and that is according to his head coach. So um, – Give Brady a pat on the back for saying he's got value. Thank you, guys. Um, and then the last one is uh, Miles Sanders has been banged up this this training camp with a, uh, I don't, I believe it was a lower body injury, um, but he is expected to be ready to go for week one. 
The last one that I want to talk to you guys about is Le'Veon Bell. So we've been pretty high on Le'Veon Bell on this uh, podcast, but not as of recent because I don't know if you guys have been following the news. There's just rumors going all over the place with uh, Le'Veon Bell. So there's, there's rumors going on that it's, it's 60-40 Le'Veon Bell with Frank Gore. Um, there's rumors that Frank Gore is the best running back in camp right now for the New York Jets. Um, they tried trading for Kalen Balazs. And now today, Adam Gase came out and said he wants to utilize Le'Veon Bell more as a receiver. So where do you, where do you, I know, Jeremy, you're pretty high on, on Le'Veon Bell as long as, as well as I am. What do you feel about uh, Le'Veon Bell news? Adam Gase strikes again. Oh yes. my goodness. I, I don't know how he has a head coaching job. It, it, he won't it have it for much longer. He's trying to recreate what happened in Miami and he was terrible in Miami. I just I, don't understand that. I think we can, as fantasy owners, we continue to think that the coach is going to do the logical thing. And then Adam Gase steps in with his crazy eyes and says, no, not today, sir. Yeah. You, you just can't. That press conference. <laughs> you, you honestly just can't be like, oh yeah, I like a Jets player so much because you just mm-hmm. don't know what Adam Gase is going to do. And to be honest with you, he had, was he not the coordinator for Peyton Manning? Was he not the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning? And his that's how he got his claim to fame. Yeah, his career has been staked on that. So I, I just don't understand. Peyton Manning has gotten him a lot of jobs, and he has not done anything with him. So congratulations. <laughs> no, he is not. Good for you, Peyton Manning, and congratulations to Adam Gase for riding those coattails. Um, let's move on to some miscellaneous uh, NFL notables. We'll go through these quick because we've kind of uh, extended a little bit with the running back notes. Um, Derwin James, the star safety for the Los Angeles Chargers, is probably out for the year. They say he's out six to eight months, so I would assume that's for the year unless he he heals really fast. But I would Too not want to, yeah, I would not want to rush him back just with the skill set that he has. He had tore his meniscus. Um, Tyrell Williams for the Las Vegas Raiders is out for the year. I believe it was a shoulder injury that he's out with. Um, big news here: Jalen Rager, the the first round rookie wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, is out at least for around four weeks, four weeks um, with a shoulder injury. Um, and then a little bit of Vikings news. We're pretty excited about this. Um, Riley Reef has been reported to restructure his deal. We don't know what the numbers are as of Tuesday night, um, but it is a restructured deal. And then the big news, the Vikings traded for star defensive end Yannick Ngakwe from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They traded a second and a conditional fifth for the star defensive end. So, guys, where do you want to start? Um, I know Jeremy probably wants to talk about the Vikings, but is there anything before that we get into it? I think Taylor Rager missing four weeks is going to be very big for fantasy. He was a guy that you're going to get late in drafts, and he's going to be a week one impact because Ellis Trown is going to be out. You don't know if what Deshaun Jackson's going to bring. You're like, okay, we spent this first round on Jalen Rager, and now he won't be there. So that's a that's a big one for fantasy. Yeah, I to be, to be honest, I. I think he's almost off of your draft boards. Yeah, um, I agree. Totally. He's not, he's not going to be there for week one. By the time he's back, it's maybe, you know, week two, week three, probably week three, maybe even week four. And at that point, it's a rookie who Alshon's coming back soon. It starts slow. So you're really not going to get a ton out of him. Um, he's a guy you're going to end up picking up probably at some point off your waiver wire, but he's probably off your draft boards at this point. I totally agree. And just, we're talking about late picks. I just want to, throw out three names for you. So obviously with the Jalen Rager, we've been talking about Deshaun Jackson since we started this podcast. We've been saying Deshaun Jackson is a late round steal. He's got great value. So if you've listened to us and said, hey, I'm going to get Deshaun Jackson late in drafts, I think it's really going to pay off for you. And then two other guys, um, 
Do you guys know the guy by the name of Henry Ruggs III? I think he's going to be pretty this year. And then another guy is Brian Edwards. I think I those two say. guys with the Raiders are going to be big time with Tyrell Williams out, and they're worth the late-round flyers. Oh, absolutely. I do want to get maybe unbiased, maybe a strong word, but I want to get your thoughts on the Viking moves, uh, Jeremy. Both Riley Reef restructuring and like him staying there, and then Yannick Ngakwe, um, that defensive end from the Jaguars, now on the Vikings. What do you think of those moves? And like, does that move the needle for you as far as you know your thoughts on the Vikings? Uh, the Reef move is is really good for the Vikings, in my opinion, uh, just because you know they're able to keep their their offensive line somewhat intact and not have to move around a bunch of positions. I know there was a bunch of different tweets going out, what it would look like if he was gone and different guys moving to different spots. I think 10 10 days before the, um, the season starts is tough to kind of make all those moves happen. So I think that's good for them as far as some continuity there. I think it's a bad business decision for him because he's going to get wrecked in week one by that defensive line, Uh, but we don't have to go into that. Uh, But the, the trade for Ngakwe is, I mean, is a great move for the Vikings. I mean, to put, to pair him with Daniil Hunter, and I don't know if this is a flag out there that maybe something's wrong with Hunter that we don't know how serious it is. I don't think it is. Um, but to to have that duo, I mean, you've got duos all over the place. And you talk about Kendricks and, and Barr, and then at the back of the defense with Harris and um, Smith. I mean, it's a great move for the Vikes. I did read an article today, though, that had Ngakwe and Hunter as the second-best defensive end duo in the league. I haven't played the game yet. Who's, who's the first? Um, I don't remember who the first was, but I was just upset about it. got to be Bosa and Ingram. I think you're it was – You're telling me you, you're telling me you wouldn't take Daniil Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe over the Smith brothers? No. Oh what? my gosh. <laughs> Why? Becker, what? No. Oh my gosh. You're you, were doing, you were doing <laughs> great with your non-biased opinion until was, that. No. Sign off. Let's hey. let them play a game together and then we'll see. Becker. Look how many quarterback pressures it ain't all about sacks. It is Becker, not what, all about sacks. Becker, what would how what would you rank Ngakwe as far as defensive ends in the league? You think he's like a top twenty, top fifteen, top ten? He'd probably be just outside the top 10, like 11 or 12. Is Preston Smith in the top 20 for pass rushers? Yes, Preston okay. Smith is in the top 20. He's not okay. in the top 10. Heck no, he's not. Z- Zedarius. Is Zedarius, are you sure? Absolutely. So, so Zedarius or Daniil? Let's go to the mailbag. Get us to the mailbag. Daniil's ahead. Of, ahead. Yeah, okay. Anyways, so we are done with that. On that note, on that note, we are done with the notables. So on today's episode, uh, we're doing some mailbag, the questions that we got from the, our uh, listeners. Um, we're doing some over-under, then we're doing some buy-sell. We'll see what we get to for buy-sell and over-under, but uh, let's get right into our mailbag. So the first question that we got is, what is the earliest round you would consider taking a defense, and who are you rolling with as the first defense taking. Let's start with Josh. Which defense are you taking first, and how early are you going to take this defense? My favorite defense, just because of how well they played last year, would probably be the Patriots. I know their offense is going to not help them out much at all, as I should say, compared to last year. But as far as, like, when I'm picking them, I'm almost not, like, with my last or second last pick – I'm not going to prioritize that. I want to take my dart throws with like, you know, the Preston Williams and the Damian Harris of the world. 
where they may give me value as far as, you know, an everyday start or, you know what, if they don't bring value and they, nothing moves the needle before week one, you can be able to just drop them for, you know, some other defense or San Francisco 49ers are a great option as well. So Josh gave us two, Jeremy, who is one defense that you would take? Um, we all know Josh ain't taking a defense until <laughs> one day before the season starts. That is correct. So um, I, the defense I've kind of gravitated towards is the Ravens. Any reason why? Um, I love their pass rush. I think they're, they've got really talented players all over the field. Uh, I think they're going to create a lot of turnovers. I love adding Clayus Campbell to that mix. Um, and Patrick Queen. Yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to be Big fast. They're going to be really athletic. I think they're create well, a lot coach. of sacks and, and turnovers and very yep, well. I totally right. agree, brother. Who do you think? So I'm a big fan of just playing the matchup game. So when you're drafting in the last round, you can get the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not high up on the list. Uh, they start out with the Washington Football Team. Um, it's a great matchup for them, and it doesn't matter if it's home or away because there's going to be no fans in there anyway. So uh, I love going to snag in the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Bradley, do you like taking the Jets defense? I was just going to ask him that. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Side I story. deserve that one. Side story. Bradley, in one of our drafts last week, uh, drafted the New York Jets defense. I'm not sure if he thought Rex Ryan was still coaching there and they were still <laughs> one was, of the best defense. It was Island, baby. So I was sitting there on the list, and the Eagles were two above the Jets, and – the next two picks were both defenses and they slid up the list and I just clicked the button just cause I was ready to go. And also went the jets. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I, I, I quick dropped the jets cause they might be the worst defense in the league. <laughs> That's really funny. So to answer that question for me, it's, it's the Buffalo bills. You get to play the dolphins twice. You get to play the, uh, the jets twice. Um, I would take them probably in round 11 or round 12. So, and I think they would be um, a really good defense for you to, uh, to play on a week in week out basis. So uh, the next question that we got, and so like I said, we're not going to go too much into the Kamara stuff in the NFL notables is because we have a question uh, related to Elvin Kamara. So the question is, are you dropping Kamara down your draft board at all? Uh, Jeremy, let's start with you. Where, do you, where are you at with uh, Elvin Kamara? I could see him dropping to like an eight or a nine. I just, at that slot, it would be way too enticing to pass on. I mean, if I'm at nine and he fell to me, I don't think he's getting past me. So I think he stays in the first round, in my personal opinion. That is, wow. I am yeah, so you're very, not getting very, su very surprised on that. So six would, six would be the, the lowest I'd let him slide. Um, I have him at RB probably four on, on my list, RB five around that area. I'm fine if you take Delvin over him. I go uh, CMC one. Uh, I'll go Saquon three. Uh, I usually go Zeke two uh, if it's not Elvin Kamara. So, and then Michael Thomas can slide up into the top five as well. So six would be the richest. I'd let him fall. Yeah. And I'm in that same boat. I got, I'm kind of toying between him and Clyde. Clyde, I'm really high in Clyde this year, but I probably would lean Kamara in that scenario. Uh, but that is really tough. That's a you big risk. The only thing I got to say is I hope I don't have pick two or three in a draft because I don't know if I'm still passing on Kamara. <laughs> I still – I don't know if I'm going to. I, that's how high I feel on him. So, he's not – he hasn't fallen too far on mine. Um, I think Dalvin's probably ahead of him, and I'm guessing Saquon's probably ahead of him. But I, it would be really tough for me to pass up on Kamara. 
just because I st- I think he's going to show up, and I they need him this year because they're they're in win now mode, so they need uh, Kamara to to play very well. Uh, the next question we have is how strict do you guys stay to your rankings while drafting? So uh, we all have our big boards. Your pick nine and the sixth player there is your sixth ranked player is there. How high do you or how how hard do you stick on those rankings, or is it you got to maneuver or manipulate the board and see if you can maybe get your ninth guy in the second round and you take this guy early. So, so what do you guys do? Do you guys even look at your rankings when you're drafting type thing? This is honestly a fantastic question. And what I like to do is I like to break it up into tiers and anybody in that tier can be picked at the same time. So here's an example. If you take Michael Thomas in the first round, he's a safe 15 points a week. You go to round three, you take a running back in round two, and you go to round three, and you're de- deciding between maybe a tier four guy, let's say Odell Beckham and Allen Robinson. Well, you look, you got a safe guy as Michael Thomas. You could take a flyer on an Odell Beckham who might get you at 21 week and then go eight the next week. Um, so if you go consistent on your tier one guy, you can maybe go a boomer bust guy at tier four for your wide receiver. So I'd like to break it up into tiers. I pick very similarly to Bradley. Um, depending on if, if I'm at one of the ends, if I'm at like a one or I'm closer to a 10 or a 12, I like to make sure off of my rankings that I'm getting my guys. So if I do have to reach a little bit, um, you know, I, I do that because it's not going to make it back around to me when you're separated by 20 or so picks. So I like to keep pretty close to my tiers, but at the end of the day, you kind of have to go get your guys at some point, especially if you're on kind of one of the ends of the draft. One thing that you can be able to pay attention to is also like whether it's sleeper, ESPN, NFL, whatever, what the order that they are presented, the players. And if you see that, you know, like a DJ Moore is sixth spot, he's the sixth receiver that is on the queue and you have a pick and you get another pick and four picks, you can be able to, you know, select a different guy with, you know, the, odds are that people are going to be able to just look at that cue more often than not in like home leagues. And so you can be able to kind of play the game of like, okay, odds are I'm going to get my guy in this next pick. I can be able to get another guy with the previous round. So you can kind of play the game there and seeing who is going to get back to you, which is a lot easier on the ends of rounds, which I prefer to be. One thing that I do is, is so like usually when you're drafting, you have like one or two guys that you're looking at at that pick. So let's say you're picking seven. And it's like, well, I want this guy or I want that guy. What I think of is, which guy am I going to be more mad about not getting? True. So like, if it's between Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon, am I going to be more mad if I don't get Miles Sanders back in the second round instead of not getting Joe Mixon? And also you need to play into factor which one has a better chance of getting back to me. So like Josh was saying, where are they ranked there? Um, Cause mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even scroll down on their rankings when they're drafting. So nope. um, I really like that question. Uh, let's do one more before we take a break. Um, answer this really quickly. Who is your number one handcuff? And we're talking about running backs. We're not talking about quarterbacks or receivers. You can't really have a handcuff for a receiver. Who is your number one running back handcuff this year? Latavius Murray. I don't know if Kareem Hunt counts, Probably not, right? He's got same old value, but so does Latavius Murray. So I guess without Kareem Hunt, I'd probably go Madison. I think I lean Chase Edmonds right now. Really? Honestly, not in the back. And AZ, that's why. (laughs) AZ. You guys, any guess on who mine is? 
Madison. Alexander Madison. Madison. He's the yeah. biggest. <laughs> he ain't no handcuff. He's a starting running back there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's Alexander Madison. So uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into some over and under and then some buy sell. And then obviously our one's got to go. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. Welcome back. Uh, we are back with some over-under questions for the guys. Uh, let's, start right, let's get right into it. So we're doing some running backs for the first one. Over-under one and a half rookie running backs finishing in the top 15 this year. So for context, let context, there was one last year that finished in the top 15, and that was Miles Sanders. Josh, over under 1.5 rookie running backs finishing in the top 15. That's a good number. I think that Jonathan Taylor is not going to be able to take over the bell cow role soon enough in order to get into that top 15 range. So it's really, really close, but I think I'd actually take the under. I think he'd be able to get in the high teens, low twenties this year with the potential. If he does get that bell cow work earlier, Marlon Mack doesn't have it this year to be able to get in that top 15, but I'll take the under. Probably over under on this one. Over. I, I think Clyde is almost a lock. Jonathan Taylor is going to be fringe worthy. Cam Akers is going to be fringe worthy. Um, Antonio Gibson might be fringe worthy. You're missing one. Uh J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> Big Trust going to finish top 10. I'll take the over. Yep, I take the over as well. So one guy we didn't mention in there that I think has a sneaky opportunity, and, and now his name is drawing a blank. Uh, the rookie Zach Moss? Yes, Zach Moss, for the rookie for Buffalo. I think he's going to be pretty dang good this year. They're saying there's a chance he might start there. I, so, I like his outlook. He's a guy that I've rose on for sure. I, yeah, I do as well. So let's move on to our next one. Over under 10 and a half touchdowns for Josh's guy, Kenyon Drake, this year. Um, is, that so rushing, Josh, is that rushing or just in general? 10 and a half total. So he's, I think he was projected for nine rushing this year. So 10 and a half is the number. Um, Josh is smashing it over. So, Jeremy, let's go. What are you thinking? Uh, this is a good line. Um, I mean, if he plays 16 games, he's probably going to have more than that. So I'll take the over. Yeah, this is actually a really good line. I'll probably take the over as well. Uh, but if it was just rushing touchdowns, I'd take the under. That's what I. He had seven in the last three weeks last year. I know. Get over these last three weeks. Get over it. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I saw, I saw, I saw a stat. Uh, I think it was on Twitter uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo had 12 passing touchdowns in three games and 15 in 13 games. So you can't just base it off of three games. I should be saying under Chase Edmonds about to have 15. I'm smashing that under. <laughs> Remember Austin Eckler, Josh got to run two miles and talk eight times about Austin Eckler and how Kenyon Drake is not very good. So <laughs> I'm smashing that under. He can't have more than 10. Um, <laughs> chance. So the next one is a wide receiver. Uh, Michael Thomas, the over-under is set at 125 and a half. I believe last year he had 131 catches, which is just absolutely insane. So, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, 125 and a half. What do you over-under? And somebody I'll take it on. wrong on the, the 131, but I believe it was 131 that he had after was, catches. I'll take, the, I'll take the under. 
Jeremy, what was it? I wanted to, I didn't know you were going to bring it up and I wanted to know for my sake answering the question, but it was 149. Oh, oh. Wow. wow. That's not even close. Well, I don't where, know what where, I did, where did you get 131? I have no idea. <laughs> he had, he had 125 the year before. So that's two straight years of 125 plus. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> I'm so taking I take, under. <laughs> I I'll take the over after I hear that. Um, <laughs> take the over as well. <laughs> but I do think his target share is going to go down because I think they're going to run the ball more, and I think Emmanuel Sanders being there might take a little bit away from him. And I think Kamara, if he's there, will have a role in the passing game. So I do don't see his go, targets. Don't forget about Jerry Cook. I I don't like him. I hey, don't like his. How about Trey Quan Smith? Yeah. We've been he's saying that for the last a, four years. He's supposed oh, to have a goodness. breakout year, says Drew Brees. Um, Oh my goodness. So I took the under. What did everyone else? Brother, you took the over. Jeremy, you took the over? I took I'm going to take well. the under, actually. You're taking the under. Nice. Josh, what are you taking? I'm taking the over. Nice. So we're 50-50 there. So last one here. My guy, Julio Jones, the number is set at six and a half touchdowns. Uh, last year, he had six. The year before, he had eight. And in 2017, he had three. Six and a half, over, under. That is a really, He's really good line. I probably would go over. Uh, I think being able to have Ridley take some attention away from him is going to um, give him some more opportunities in the red zone. So I will take the over. I'll take the over as well. I'm going to go over, and if he gets to that, like, double-digit touchdown, he will be the wide receiver one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we that's, can all that's agree a on that. scary part. I'm taking the over. I mean, you just all the red zone, tar, all the red zone threats. So Kelvin Ridley, you got Todd Gurley, you got Laquan Treadwell there. <laughs> you almost did on the straight face. You yeah, almost did. Almost, <laughs> you almost got it. <laughs> Get right, out of here. Let's move Mega on. Quan. So from from the over under, we're going to go to some buy sell. So let's move on. We're going to do some quarterback buy sell. Um, so are you buyer selling that a quarterback not named Mahomes or Lamar will finish as the QB one? So basically Mahomes and Lamar or the field. Buy or sell someone else besides Lamar and Mahomes. Bradley, you go. So if I buy this, am I taking that uh, someone else will take it? Yeah, you're so taking you the field. Buy it, yeah. yeah, you're taking the field. Yeah, I'm buying it because I think that Dak might finish as QB one. Wow. Call your shots. I like it. So if you do buy it, you got to say somebody. Hmm. Yeah, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. I just think the, <laughs> there you go, the, Josh. The rushing floor. <laughs> I would have said Kyler, but I think the rushing floor for Lamar is just so freaking high that it's going to be able to not guarantee it, obviously, but give himself a really good shot to do that. And then Mahomes is just one of the more talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. So I think that's a really safe bet. I'll buy it and say Kyler. Okay. I mean, well, I've been predicting Ky- – my bold prediction was Kyler being QB1, so I have to buy and say Kyler is my <laughs> QB1. Stay, stay pat with that one. So let's move on to a tight end question. Uh, this isn't really fantasy-related, just more so football-related. Um, a tight end will finish in the top five of receiving yards this year. That includes running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, if you want to include them in there. I don't think we're going to have a quarterback um, be in the top five for receiving, but, hey, if you want to buy that, go ahead. Um, and for context – uh, Travis Kelsey with, was fourth last year in uh, receiving yards. So are you buy or selling that a tight end will finish in the top five for receiving yards this year? Jeremy, start us off. Uh, I will sell this one. Yeah, I'm selling this as well. I There's a lot of good receivers that come, you know, hitting their prime here in the second, third years in the league. So I think that it's going to be a good year for the receiver. 
and Kelsey, obviously the pinnacle of consistency. Um, he's going to get close, but I think the receivers will be able to finish out here. I'll buy it. George Kittle finished top five. <laughs> I knew it was Kittle. Was I knew it was Kittle. <laughs> he's, their, he's their wide receiver one. He's their wide receiver one. Well, hold on. We got to bring something up since we're talking about George Kittle. Um, Debo Samuel. We forgot to put this in the NFL notables. Our doctor said that he's not going to miss too much time. And guess what? He's already uh, – Put your money where your mouth yeah. is, Josh. <laughs> I told you. That is tough. He's coming back. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll, did, you I'll guys, did you guys make a bet on that? Yeah. Yes. I'll give, you my Venmo, I'll give you a Venmo after the show. Can we remind, <laughs> can we remind the listeners and myself what the bet was? I think, I think it was week four. Josh gave Josh. it to week four that he wouldn't – that Debo would not play. Yikes. Wouldn't play before week four. I'm taking that fat, and L he might be one. playing week one or two. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's a fat L right there. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Okay, I am I am also uh, selling this one. I think I don't think a tight end is going to finish in the top five this year. Um, another buy sell here is with wide receivers. One of the three Houston Texans wide receivers will finish top fifteen in half point PPR scoring. Is anyone buying this? 15 is really rich. If it were like, you know, top 17, maybe. then Brand, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and who's the third one? I'll Kenny take Stills. 17. I'll, I'll buy Kenny 17. Stills. I'll buy I'll 17. S- I think the, oh. the problem is with drafting, you just don't know which one is going bu- to boom. Like, Brandon you Cooks don't know is. which one is going to be able to do that. To, to I, me, you, go, Bradley. I, we've had, we've done a lot of criticism to the Texans receivers, and it might not be always warranted. But I think top 15 is too rich. Um, they probably will fit. One of them will probably finish top 20. And I, if I had to pick one, it'd be Brandon Cooks because he's really talented. And if he stays healthy, he'll probably finish top 20. With, I, I feel I, like that exact same description applies also for Will Fuller. <laughs> Crazy talented, stays healthy, he's going to be golden. Yeah, but he's like two catches a game. Like Cooks is consistently a good route runner, he can do it all. He's got the speed. And Cooks has shown that he can do it in a, a new system right away. Yeah, and this might be his best quarterback since Drew Brees. Yeah, Jeremy, go ahead. The thing that gives me more confidence with them being able to compete, you know, a top 17 range is the .5 PPR scoring. Because they are such boomer bust types of guys where you're not relying so much on the full point for per, per reception. Um, one of them, we've talked how much about Deshaun Watson. One of them is bound to be successful, right? So sure. top, right. top 17, I'll, I'll take that. I just have a problem drafting one of them because you really can't determine which one it's going to be. Yeah, that's really tough. Yeah. If you had to pick one, you got Bradley, you said Cooks. Brady, you said Cooks. Cooks. I'll take Fuller. Cooks. I I have leaned Fuller as well. I've taken Fuller in in leagues. I was happy. I think in a draft, you took Fuller right in front of me. We went back to back. We went back to back, Fuller and Cooks. Because I would not have taken Fuller after if you would have taken Cooks. No way. (laughs) Too injury prone for my liking. Um, let's move on. Another tight end question or buy sell, I should say. Uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey will finish as the top two tight ends. They did last year. They're being drafted as tight end one and tight end two. Josh, you buy or selling this one? I'm buying it. I think the delta between the two of them and then the Mark Andrews of the world is pretty large. And Travis Kelsey's finished as wide receiver, or sorry, tight end one the past four years. And so even if he isn't the one, I feel he has some room wiggle room there and to get into the top two and Kittle obviously he's a freak athletic specimen so I'm definitely buying that 
I am going to sell because wide receiver one, two, and three in Philadelphia is Zach Ertz. Um, so, so which one take... of those two will not be in the top two? Exactly. <laughs> Kelsey. You're going to Kittle. 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 You're Kittle going. Not be... Kittle, no. Kittle's not top two, huh? No. no. <laughs> Brother, oh. what do you think about this one? I would never draft that way, but yep. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm buying it. Kittle one, Kelsey two. I'll buy as well. I think that's a safe, safe bet for tight ends. Our last one, we got to give some love to the running backs. Um, Derrick Henry will finish as an RB5, as the RB5 or better. Josh, you buying or selling? I'm selling. I think last year you have to have such a high, crazy high touchdown total in order to do that without the receiving work. And he has shown the aptitude to be able to do it and then, you know, take it 75 yards to the house. But I just don't think he has the receptions in like a half point or PPR league. So I am selling. Derrick Henry or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Clyde. Yikes. Okay, get me the running back. Get me the bell cow running back on the best offense in football. Jeremy, think, buyer selling him. I'm going to, I'm going to sell. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year again. I think he'll probably still stay in the top 10 just with so many guys in that range in PPR scoring or, and just the, the reception ability drops him just a couple spots, but. Bradley, what are you thinking about this one? I, I'm probably going to sell as well. Bradley, what do you think? Are you buying or selling? I'm selling as well. Um, last year he finished crazy productive and he finished as running back five with the historic year. So I don't see him topping that. So it, let's say if we switch that to RB7. I'm still selling. Is that selling? That's, that's a pretty good range for him. I, I, I would see him finishing that 7 to 10 range. I He's consistent. That. He's consistent. Um, if you're going if you're if you're going for a consistent pick in the first round, like he's he's gonna get fed a lot. Um, he's gonna get a lot of targets and if not he's not gonna get of, hurt. Let's just is, be honest. I don't think he's gonna Don't say okay, that. Okay. Do not knock put on that, wood. Knock on that, wood. Knock on wood. Put that on me, Ricky. Do not knock put on that hex on Derrick Henry on the show right <laughs> knock now. Knock on wood. I said knock on wood, okay? You just gotta say how it is. Okay, See, just just tank. for everybody listening, do not draft Derrick Henry anymore. Brady just Put a hex on him. Why do yeah, I don't feel like on him so I can get him in the second round? Why do I feel like ninety percent of the time injury is brought up? It's from Brady's mouth. Oh yeah, Brady, <laughs> Brady absolutely wishes for to happen. <laughs> I got my PhD degree in fantasy football, I guess. <laughs> okay, let's let's go on to our last segment. So the one's got to go. We're staying with our uh, historical um, players. We're we're going with edge rushers, and and I know how much you guys like this, and I think this one's gonna be pretty tough for for you guys as well. So. Um, the one's got to go for edge rushers or defensive ends, outside linebackers. We have Demarcus Ware. We have Michael Strahan, Jared Allen, and Julius Peppers. So I'm going to start with Jeremy. Which one's got to go from this edge? Before, before Jeremy answers, did you know that Julius Peppers played basketball in college? I did. It's never, never talked about whenever before. he played. The did ten. you know? Did you know that Jimmy Graham played basketball in college oh, and had more fouls than he did points? <laughs> that is a legit stat all right one's gotta go this was super hard for me because i sometimes pick a little biased and julius peppers was a packer as well as did he play basketball in college but he is actually the one that is leading the group of four for me julius peppers that's gotta go correct yeah he's gotta go okay. yeah okay brother what do you think yeah, I agree. Strahan and Allen are easy stays for me. Um, Peppers is the one's got to go for me. Josh, yeah, I was 
I was leaning Demarcus Ware in that wow. between Julius, Julius really? and Demarcus Ware. So I'm going Demarcus Ware. Whoa! Wow! Whoa! Really? I mean, I love the Julius Peppers love. He did it for so long. He was really productive. But if you have 20 sacks in a year, it's hard to take you out of a group of four. And I I go with Julius Peppers, and he was so good for Carolina. I mean, he was pretty good for Green Bay, too. I mean, he was older. But for his age, yeah, he was pretty good for Green Bay. But I think he's got to go. Getting a front row seat watching Jared Allen. There's no way I could have him go. Absolutely. It was so good. It was so good for the Vikings. It was, yeah. Hey, and then, uh, hey, I just I just thought about it. Getting Jared Allen, that was kind of our last big free agent defense alignment that we got. Hey. That worked out and, pretty well. And Gakwe could come over and play just like that. Yeah, copy and paste. That's what we need. He wasn't a yeah. free agent, though. Who we wasn't? traded for him. We traded, we traded for him. <laughs> he would have been a free agent anyway. <laughs> they were they were going to cut him. Right, so we had, up. we had three Julius Peppers and, and one DeMarcus Ware, huh? I always yeah, I guess, I guess you could guess who the only one is on the island. <laughs> yeah, I'm always on my own island there. But Okay, uh, before we wrap up, one final question, fully fantasy related. One guy after training camp that has kind of – you've either bought into way more or has risen up your ranks. Don't need a long description, but who is it? Tyler Lockett. What? Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett for me. I love Tyler Lockett. Um, I know well, I put you guys on the spot, but yeah, that's tough. Uh, hashtag on the spot. I'll go Joe Mixon. <laughs> just because they just because <laughs> the deal today. I'm not gonna lie to you. That is 100 because of the deal today. I ain't gonna lie to you, Bradley. That's tough. I, I I'm really thinking, and I I don't know a guy that's really just like, oh yeah, I like him. I I would probably have to go Jerry Judy. I like that. If, if I, I like that. if I had to pick a rookie receiver, he'd be my favorite. The, we we talked about him before. And mine is Zach Moss. If you go kind For of sure. a, a zero RB approach, or you don't really get the guys you didn't want to reach, and you're looking for a late oh. flyer guy, I like Zach Moss. I got a new guy, Latavius Murray. Uh, prior <laughs> even to this to this holdout, I've taken him in my last two drafts because he does have standalone value, and especially if uh, Kamara leaves. When Kamara was out, he was very productive awesome. in both the run and pass game. So I like Latavius Murray. Give me right, Madison two to, rounds later. Sorry to put you guys on the spot. I just, we talked a lot of, about a lot of guys falling. So I figured we'd talk about Fair. some risers. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of fourth and a mile. Thank you guys so much for contributing to our mailbag. Go deep. And we'll see you next week.